Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fired. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You were listening to the Unbeatables, your semi weekly Pacers podcast. Uh, this is episode 552 ish. What did we land on? I think on? you have to say ish for the rest of the shows we ever do. No, we, this, is this is 552, period, right? Period. Yes. Okay. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana, I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. Uh, former season ticket holder. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we'll have to there. talk about that. We're going to have to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. This show is going to be sort of a, a little free-form discussion. I, I'm a little out of the loop, and uh, Colson's got all the answers. He's got the inside track. He's got um, uh, all the answers to all my questions. Um, are they the right ones? You know, you probably should let us know uh, via Twitter. Uh, but but um, in a nice way. It, sure, in a nice way. In a civil manner. Uh, but joining me this week is is one of our analysts, John Colson. Uh, still coast to coast uh, like butter toast. I'd like to just shout out uh, this week. Well, okay, sorry. What is up, Pacer Nation? <laughs> What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, I'd like to shout out uh, the Doctor and the Enforcer. Uh, the moment they leave, uh, suddenly we do ish shows. I don't know. Yep. Um, and we have five-minute intros where we <laughs> we lack focus when it's just the two of us. Um, but that's part of it. the charm, I hope. I do like those guys. Those guys are great. Yeah. Um. And before we get to any further in the show, we'd like to remind you that uh, the show is brought to you by you. If you head over to patreon.com slash undebeatables, you can support us for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, I just want to I just want to let the uh, the fans out there know that they're not Patreons. Um, I am working on uh, the next uh, anniversary pod right now. Um, as those things get tightened up, there will be lots of versions that you will be allowed to just listen to there'll be access to you if you're a patreon um and if you're not a patreon but you want to support us it's the holidays go buy something off amazon uh we'd love it using our link right that's what i mean okay i mean we don't get if you just go to amazon we don't get anything right and also you know like they have plenty of money so just go through our link and give us a little bit a few of their scraps come on right the uh, referral link is on our website, and um, hopefully in the show notes. Colson, is it in the show notes this time? Hey, look, I'm getting better at it. Once you told me, <laughs> I do it like 75 percent of the time now. Once you told uh, me, all right, all right. <laughs> um, 
Well, this show, yes. Yeah. So, man, I've been out of the loop a little bit with the little one, uh, little one here, and uh, it, you know, really, you know, I've seen, I've seen many, you know, m- many of the games, um, but I really, I wanted to talk a little bit. I was like shocked at uh, some little things. Um, we started this discussion last show. We've been like scoring off inbounds. Um, we've been reliably getting the ball in. Um, and it was like a little thing, but it still stuck out to me as like, this is a difference between this team and the, the, you know, the team, the previous years, I I don't remember Vogel's team having that problem, but like the McMillan and, and the, the Nates, uh, years, they, they, uh, had trouble just getting the, getting the dang ball in. Um, we're scoring, we're, we're stealing their inbounds. Like the, the, was it the, at the end of the Toronto game, there was like, we like stole their inbound to uh, basically to almost cap the game off, you know. Yeah. And I mean, this is a little thing, but well, that's um, that's a, a TJ McConnell special. I mean, he's been doing that since he arrived. Uh, he loves stealing the inbound. He's just so pesky. But I don't believe that was McConnell. I think that was like no, Keelan no. Martin or something I like that. I think you're like, right. Yeah. Um, and I think he's just learning from McConnell. Like I think they're all you know talking about putting pressure on the ball. I um, I think you're talking about just a couple times this week there were um i mean you're probably talking about lots of things but i i can remember several just cutting to the basket for layups from you know throwing the ball inbounds under the basket you know just an yeah. easy two points yeah that's nice huh Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's great um I, I tell you what like the you know there's so that's one example um you know and i think um, I've I've admired uh, Carlisle's fearlessness with with lineups. Um, you know, I guess maybe because it's Carlisle, um, I just get the sense that the things he's you know the sort of you know things he's doing are going to pay off like later in the season or next year or what you know down the line they're going to pay off like letting Chris Duarte. Uh, you know, play, you know, start and finish games. Like, he's, you know, he's performing. His numbers are great. Like, he's he's learning as he goes, of course. But, um, you know, having the fearlessness to do that. And, I mean, I'm assuming that the, you know, his leash is really long. So, um, you know, he's earned that, you know, to, to, to do kind of whatever he wants because he gets the results. Um, so are you talking I mean, about, those... You're talking about the rookie's leash, eight tracks leash, or you're no, talking no, no, about no. Carlisle's leash? Uh, well, both, I guess. I mean, mostly Carlisle, but <laughs> okay. Because I was gonna say, like, Carlisle traditionally is not like to play rookies. Um, right? Think, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons we drafted, uh, you know, Chris yeah. Duarte, Chris Duarte, aka A Track, mm-hmm. um, because uh, he was a you know a veteran uh, essentially by the time we got him, 24 years old, a guy who's played four years, uh, who's you know, who knows how to play basketball has a feel for the game, and he's come in and look. He's come in and looked like a, a third-year player out the gate. Um, he's in the conversation of rookie of the year. I mean, there are a couple guys that are have some splashier numbers, but he's still in that conversation in the top three or four of best rookies. Um, Carlisle 
I think is pleased to have him. I don't know, and I think the uh, I don't know if he would have had this the same amount of minutes. I actually know for sure he wouldn't have had the same amount of minutes if T.J. Warren was healthy. But I think what um, the rook has done with this time is earned himself some guaranteed minutes, even when T.J. Warren comes back. Um, he's going to yeah. be a part of this rotation because he's just been so solid. And what do you? I mean, what do you feel about like Carlisle's um, sort of specifically in the sort of um, c- coaching review? You know, where do you where do you give him? You know, what, what grade do you give him this season as opposed to? Uh, I mean, um, and, and and really, you know, I guess against the performance last year of of Bjorkren, you know, where do you? Well, I mean, that's the thing. It sort of becomes, uh, you know, a grade on a curve at that point. I mean, I if I don't compare him to Bjorkren, I'm going to be a little more critical. I have a ton of respect for Carlisle because of what he did for this franchise, uh, navigating the teams, uh, very successful teams um, that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then navigating the season uh, of the brawl and making that team competitive. Uh, Reggie's last season as well, getting to the second round. Um he also has talked about how much he's grown since then. He he can be a little bit of a prickly guy. He kind of rubs some people the wrong way. He's learned that about himself. He's learned to get um, the kind of assistant coaches in there to, to, to that he needs to help kind of make all that stuff work. Um, I think he's a better coach than he was. He's a better leader than he was. Um, he went to Dallas. He got Dirk Nowitzki an MVP. I mean, Nowitzki got an MVP, but he was there while it <laughs> happened, and uh, and he also uh, you know won a championship with Dallas, and he was for a while the longest tenured coach anywhere I think for uh, uh, outside time. of Popovich. Oh, outside of Pop, right? Exactly, um, and <clears throat> and I think we've said this uh, way before he was our coach that he's one of the five or six coaches in the league that matters. His ability to manage a game, his ability to continue to experiment and get better and work for the the larger overall good of the team makes a difference and um am i concerned yes are there some losses that i'd love back are there some inexplicable um showings from this team are there some things that just absolutely don't make sense sometimes we're, we're just we come out and we don't look prepared we don't look ready yes this team should be above 500 i think for the amount of talent it has. And so I'm, I would give him a, a B minus right now. I think that this team is continuing to get better. And I think we're a playoff team, but we've dug ourselves a little bit of a hole. Um, and um, I would like to be, I would have liked to be 500 or, or a couple over at this point in the season. Now we're entering a very easy section of our season where we play most of our games at home. Um, this is going to be a December to remember um, we're going to have this conversation moving into January of a team that's got a ton of wins. But because we started in a hole, it's not going to be enough to be, you know, probably in the top four. So we're going to really have to pull something together for a, for a tough back third of the schedule. We had uh, our strength of schedule to start the season was, was one of the hardest in the NBA, if not the hardest. Um, and uh, that's easing up. So um, I'm trying to give him some you know, Hey, this is a new coach, a new team stuff, but I still there, you know, I've had some, I've had some issues with, with some of the stuff that's going on. So I'm going to give him a solid B minus. Now, if I judge him against, uh, Bjorkren last year, 
Um, and if I also give him the, um, I trust Carlisle because he's been here before and he's also won a championship and I think he's one of the coaches that matter, I'm probably giving him a B plus. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, I, I just was so nervous when this team came out in the first four games and looked exactly like the team that Bjorkren had, had coached. It was undisciplined, turning the ball over, scoring at will, but still losing games down the stretch. And that was our entire season last year, and it was frustrating to all get out. We had no toughness. Um, we played no defense. And I thought, what what's going on here? I thought we brought in a real coach. And as you've seen from those four games to now, what are we at, at uh, you know, game 20? They, they say that it takes 20 games to – I mean uh, – Donnie Walsh always said that, that it, you got to take 20 games to, to see where you're at. And and also, statistically, the, the stats don't really matter until around game 20 um, to, to, to predict what you're going to be at the end of the season. And so I think we're starting to see now around game 20 that we are a team that can compete. We are a team that belongs in these games and that I can forgive him for some of those willy-nilly games that I that it was like terrible – uh, flashbacks and PTSD from the season before. Um, I'm starting to see a team that I like to root for. We talked last Monday about managing Levert. You know, he's come back. Not he wasn't there at the beginning of the season. Now we've got to figure out how he fits in. Uh, it looked like it was going to work early, and then he seemed to be stopping the ball. And now we're figuring out how to make that work. Um, Harper mentioned uh, the week before that with Miles Turner goes this team that you kind of know what you're going to get from Sabonis and, and Brogdon and McConnell. Um, you, you, and if, if Miles Turner's going to have a big game, we're going to win. And if he has, a, if he's quiet, it doesn't have to be big points, but it has to be defense and rebounding, or it's got to be big points and less rebound or whatever. He just has to make an impact, ideally on both sides of the ball, because he usually makes it an uh, impact defensively, but not always on the boards, which is a part of defense in my mind. And I think that Carlisle's working on that relationship and on that dynamic and on and his confidence just in the way that he's running that that first quarter lineup where he's starting um miles turner even though that it's controversial because people think we can't run two big guys but then he's taking out sabonis and letting miles turner end out that first quarter and letting him be the sole center by himself um and hold down a run and gun uh more of a free-flowing and defensive unit um, so I, I think he's working on that. I, there's a lot of stuff that he's putting in. You're right. Letting the rookie take some of these big shots, letting the rookie make some of these mistakes. Um, you see the rookie do stuff all the time that, that you could get away with in college that you can't now. And he's figuring that stuff out lightning quick cause he's super smart. Um, but he's letting him make those mistakes right now. I think Carlisle is doing these things and that, you know, ideally in March we're playing our best basketball. Um, right. And so, so in that sense, I give him a B plus because okay. I'm trusting what he's done in the past. And I appreciate kind of where he's going with this. I'm just mad that it's not started better. So I guess if you average the B plus and the B minus, he's getting a solid B. Okay. How do you feel right. about that? Do you think that's true or not? Are you, I mean, you haven't seen enough of what's going on or do you feel like, this is still one of the top five coaches that matter and we're just it's growing pains or what do you think? I mean, I guess I, th I feel like he's, um, I mean, definitely feel like he mat, you know, he matters. Um, and I, I, I trust, you know, in 
I kind of haven't seen enough to make a good judgment, but I, I mean, I, I feel like I know who he is. So, you know, I feel like I've been pleasantly surprised by, oh, he's, you know, he's letting Duarte play. You know, he's letting him take the last shot. He's letting him do this. He's letting him, you know, not just Duarte, but like, um, you know, that he's experimenting with lineups. Like, I, you know, I loved Frank Vogel as, as the, the Pacers coach, and I, I wish they never would have let him go. But that was one thing I didn't like was that he just, you know, he was he was sticking with what he had and, and, and just ran it. You know, he was, you know, starting Hibbert when, when Hibbert was broken and, uh, you know, in the playoffs. And that was sort of one of the things I, I you know, I, 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 you know, the way I see it is, is you know, I, there's certainly a lot to be said about consistency, but like, you know, doesn't mean you can't make a change at, at any point, you know. And, um, but I, I, you know, what I'm hoping and what I feel like I'm seeing is, is Carlisle, you know, with the, with the, uh, lineups and rotations as he's you know trying things out and this is when you do them it's at the beginning of the season and and um, you know give people opportunities that uh, now that they're not going to get you know in the playoffs or you know later in the end of the season and, and I like that I am seeing these things and and it like I said the little stuff like just impounded the ball. Um, right. You know, we don't. That's not like much of a concern anymore. Um, Here's a very simple example, but um, in that Milwaukee game, we're down, you know, eighteen with five or six minutes left, and uh, you know, he just puts in the bench. And um, first of all, he knows that we're on a back-to-back, and we got to go you know, get on a plane and go to Minnesota. And so we might as well get these, the, the, the minute getters some rest, but he also is going to give, you know, guys a chance to show something. Brissett goes out and hits three of five and looks fantastic. You know, this guy's trying to see the floor. Um, he gave uh, Isaiah Jackson some burn or our rookie who, you know, is an athlete, but pretty raw and got, let him defend Giannis Antetokounmpo and put him out there, and but only in small stretches. He didn't want to like destroy his confidence by getting destroyed by an MVP. But you know, he got some big rebounds. He he had a pretty good block on him, but he still got called for the foul. You know, because he's a rook and he, there was some you know some body contact, I guess. But I you know he he's got to learn that. You know, I think one of his moves in college was to let guys go by him and then like blindside block him. You can't do that in the NBA. The, the athletes are too good, and he's got to learn that stuff. I mean, you can't do that to Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> um, and so my point is, last year, Bjorken would have played all of our starters until the very last minute. He never took guys out, even if we were losing by 30. You know, And, you know, Carlisle is creating competition in the locker room by doing that. He's giving guys confidence. He's giving guys burn. He's also preparing his team for a back-to-back. And those are seem like obvious coaching decisions, but it, that wasn't going on on our team last year. Yeah, no, it's it's. I feel like we've got we've just got like a good baseline to start with, you know, this like if it's like rational things are happening, and um, I, I like um, Carlisle's. You know, he says kind of prickly. Like I like, you know, I feel like a little more you know, sort of a little more honesty coming out of you know you know oh. Bjork. Bjorkman oh, was just, oh, yeah, he was just he was very polished, but like, 
you know, it you, was too, you, it was it was so much polished that it was Pollyannish. You know, if, if, if you know, like it just seemed like he wasn't living the same world that we were all living in. Right. You know, and like I said, I this is my one regret because you know we were really excited about a new coach and we wanted to give this guy a new opportunity. We talked about let's take a risk on a young coach that can be around for you know, eight years and build this team to where it needs to be. And, and they looked forever. They did a ton of interviews and they found this guy. And I, and I think we all tried to stay positive, but listening to the, the interviews with Mark Boyle and Bjorkren, I got the sense very early on that Boyle was utterly unimpressed. And also Bjorkren could never say anything besides this is the greatest team ever in the history of the world, and we're <laughs> we are just the greatest team ever, and we're working really hard, and it's all going to come together, and don't worry about it, guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, Carlisle comes out and he's like, "Yeah, we sucked at defense, and this isn't okay, and it's my fault or it's their fault, but we're going to get better at it." You know, I mean, that's just what he does, and I appreciate that honesty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's but the thing is, like, you know, whatever they they they, they can do whatever they want to do, but. But as a fan, you, you mean I just quickly lose like I was like, oh, it's not worth watching his interviews because he doesn't. No, it's not. It's just yeah. not like because he wasn't going to say anything. He wasn't going to say anything. So you know, if that's what his purpose, you know, if that's what his plan was, that's what he did. But you know, I don't. I'm not going to be there for that because I know it's not going to matter. Well, we whatever. talked about Vogel's cult of positivity, right? right. But it was a realistic. Sure. He saw what we saw. He, yeah, exactly. He, you know, but it he was, would try to stay upbeat and get everybody on the same page. But like, right. you know, you we lost. Let's let's go win the next one. Rah rah. Right. Guy. But like, it wasn't like, don't look behind the curtain because everything's fine. You right. know, which is what I felt like was happening all last season, and it right. became really frustrating. And um, that team was hard to watch, honestly. No, for sure, because it didn't it, give a yeah. crap. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Now, uh, these same guys, you know, and, and what Carlisle said in the preseason was the way to build identity is to the easiest way to build identity. I don't want to misquote him. I'm, I'm actually making up what he said, but I'm pretty sure it was something like the easiest way to build identity is through defensive effort. And I was really nervous when I didn't see it in the first few games. But this team scraps. They're getting pretty good at, at, at making other people's lives hard. We had a big uh, free throw discrepancy in that Milwaukee game. And Carlisle just went after the rest, got a tech for it. Um, he's sticking up for his guys. He believes in what we're doing. Um, and if our guys are playing hard, he will, you know, he'll take a fine or throw himself in front of a ref or whatever to make that happen. He, if, if he believes he'll, in what we're doing. Spill a Coke. <laughs> spill a Coke, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he believes we're playing hard, he will go to the map for us. And that's... But he's also not going to shy away if you're not playing hard. He's going to tell you. He's going to sit the entire starting lineup. You know, that happened while you were gone. He sat the entire starting lineup for the uh, basically uh, third and fourth quarters um, of the, I think it was the Charlotte game. And he just let the the B team play because they actually played hard. And they got us all the way back into the game, and we missed the three-pointer to tie the game Mm. at the end. Um, But we were down by 20 30. I mean, it looked like we didn't even belong. They were ripping us apart. And uh, we had a 17 point. Charlotte? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, we had a 17 point deficit. Um, and he brought in the uh, the bench 
and they played their hearts out and got us all the way back within three near the end. And you know, we had a shot to tie the ball, tie the game. And and um, the press asked him afterwards, like, you know, you've got rested starters over there. Did you think about bringing in them in for that last shot? You know, and he's like, no, no, that was never going to happen. These are the kids that earned it. There's the ones that got us back into this game. They deserve that shot. I appreciate that yeah. for my coach. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe you lose that game, but who learned a lesson? The starters learned a lesson that if you don't play hard, you don't, you know, you don't see the floor. The bench sees a lesson, which is if you play hard, you get to play in the big lights in the big minutes. And he's not going to bring in the starters to try to win that game. He's going to make that statement mean something. Right. Because that's going to play dividends down the end when if he brought in Brogdon and he had a three and we go on to win that game, that's one win versus what that means for the team top down for the rest of the season. I feel like this is like what we needed to, to start, you know, to, to to have like serious consideration for for just doing well. Just like just having, you know, the, the Pacer fans, like, you know, you expect that the team is going to, you know, you're going to make the playoffs. Like, that's the expectation like, every year. And, I mean, I know we're below 500 right now, but you, you mentioned that last show that, you know, our, our stats, uh, you know, sort of show that we should have a better record than we Which do. ideally means um, that will start to unfold. Um, it, 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 it you know, yeah. worst case scenario means that we're going to underachieve all season. But I think what the stats are bearing out is that this means we're going to start to win more games than we lose. Um, and it, we're going to catch up. Right. Um, yeah. It's a tough, I mean, the NBA is tough this year. I mean, there's a lot of really good teams. There's a lot of competition. Oh, Golden State's just back, apparently. Oh, they are all the way back. Yeah. Um, and they don't even have clay yet. And right. they look like, you know, a championship team. Um you know the Lakers are 500, but you know that they can turn it on. Um, you know, I I just uh, Brooklyn's not playing that well, and they still have a good record. Uh, you mentioned that Chicago should probably fold up the tent and go home, but they're um, an incredibly well put together basketball team. The Washington Wizards, yeah, uh, what the hell? Well, they traded uh, Westbrook away for like three competent. Uh, Four competent basketball players that all have rings. So, yeah, it's kind of working out for them. I don't hmm. know. It's a, t- it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough season to be working on yeah, like figuring out, out who you are. And that's what we're doing. Um, but we do have some roster continuity. Um, I am hope that, um, that we can show some stuff down the stretch and build on this. Um, I, I always want to be vying for... The playoffs. I always want to be playing in the second round of the playoffs. I always want to be playing in the third round of the playoffs. Um, we got really spoiled as young men when this team um, was more likely to go to the Eastern Conference Finals than it was to miss the playoffs. I mean, that's right. that's that was the stat uh, for many many years of this team. That's of course what I want. But if that's not what's going to happen this season, I want to at least be able to see the shape of what that's going to look like in the coming years. Um, and yeah, I'm glad Carlisle's my coach right now, um, despite our record. Right. And I say, I want to just see building towards that. I want to feel like we're moving in the right direction, which I, you know, I just feel so far that we are, um, but you know, last, last year I didn't feel that way. 
but I, you know, I would like to just get that sense that like things are getting better. Um, you know, and I want to, you know, TJ Warren should hopefully be back soon. And, and yeah, so just... they they're going to actually by the time you're listening to this, they'll have done another evaluation on him. I believe it's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get a better sense. So by the time you listen to this, you might know more than we do. But it sounds like, you know, we're moving in the right direction with TJ Warren. Um, and he's a walking bucket. I mean, he just is. Um, just think what he's going to do for our offense and defense. Remember how hard he did, remember how much how surprised we were how hard he worked on defense for us 2 years ago, not last year of course cuz he was gone but and he was out and also nobody played defense on this team last year. But I just remember being surprised by um you know his length and desire to um to give trouble on on the defensive end. And so, you know, I'm just excited to have him back. It also gives you a ton of flexibility because you've brought in this Duarte kid. Um, who can play two and three, um, you know, your um, TJ Warren can play three and four, which gives you more flexibility with the Sabonis Turner. Um, it also gives you more flexibility with McConnell. And it, basically it just solves a lot of our rotation problems, you know? Right. I mean, it, him coming back creates a really strong eight man rote. Just, just that it's that easy. Um, and, I'm not saying that we don't need to depend on all the guys throughout the season. I mean, I, I need a lot of Keelan Martin in my life right now. And I want some, uh, you know, the sauce, some O'Shea Brissett, um, you know, and, I, and, and some Goga to continue to uh, succeed. I mean, it's a long season. But if you can get T.J. Warren back and get some chemistry, you start looking at an eight-man road that can go and play in the playoffs um, and, and maybe make, you know, do some damage. You look at the the games we've played this last week, dominating Chicago in, in Chicago, not really having much trouble with Toronto, basically a uh, pissed off LeBron James away from winning that game. And then, you know, competitive first half against the defending champions. I, it just felt a lot more like a like the kind of team we can be moving forward and, and maybe – um, you know, I think we're going to continue to get better. Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I I, I, I have that feeling right now, I, and um, I'm hoping you know just keep that in line. Um, I want to yeah, like I said, T.J. Warren having him back. You know, it's it's going to change. You know, like it's, it's any change, change like that. You know, yeah. it's gonna it's not going to just come in and just be super easy, but. Um, you know, he was yeah, he was fantastic. And how many minutes have we had with our ideal starting lineup? It's like twenty five minutes or something like that. I don't know. I don't have the stat in front of me. But um, Malcolm Brogdon, Levert, T.J. Warren, Miles Turner, and Sabonis is is what the uh, the back office tried to make our starting lineup, and they have played exactly oh sure like fifteen minutes together or something like that. Right? It's yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, to see what that looks like, and then again that that uh, that Duarte, uh, Justin Holiday, uh, who seems to be just really a team leader right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he just seems to be a glue guy, and um, you know he's he's hitting his three pointers, but he's also just seems to be the guy that's talking in the in the in the the huddles, um, the guys that people are talking to about where they're supposed to be. Love that guy. 
huge Justin yeah. Holiday fan. And then and then a really good rookie. And then and then guys like Keelan Martin and Torrey Craig, uh, you know, who are fighting for their NBA's careers and are playing really well. So, yeah, it's a likable team. I think if we start winning, um, you'll get a bunch of bandwagon fans. Fine, that, that, whatever, man. No, it'd be great. Um, and, and because yeah. uh, if you listen to the Ungoogleables, you know where uh, the phrase bandwagon fan comes from. So, mm-hmm. sure if not, do. check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, I'm I'm happy, uh, somewhat pleasantly surprised. You know, this season. You know, like I, I guess I'm 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 not happy about the standings. You know, like a couple times of the season we were like early, but we were like we started one know, and five, I believe. Yeah, I mean, we're like yeah. you know, I'm I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings, and I was like, yeah, we're we're well out of the playoffs at this. We point. We still you are, know? sir. Still are. Um, but no, I mean, I think we're we're we can at least see the playoffs from where we are. Before we were, uh, you can see Russia we, from your house. Yeah, 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 for sure. That is not a new reference, by the way. <laughs> Most of our listeners have no idea what that means. Yeah, because they're all. 18. If you don't know what that means, you can Google it and be un- unimpressed. <laughs> Um, I would just like to let you know that the Pacers are currently 13th in the uh, East. Um, They are six games back from first. Uh, The Nets are in first. The Heat are in second. The Wizards are in third. The Bucks fourth. Uh, They are on a seven-game win streak as of today. Who knows what's going to happen after this. Um, The Bulls, uh, which we, we put the smackdown on. The Hornets, which apparently have our number... And then you can start to see where we're only three games away from the Knicks, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Sixers, which I predicted would be a a flaming dump, Mm -hmm. and uh, the Raptors, who we just beat. So, But we are only right now only have a a ranking better than the Pistons and the Magic, who are way worse than us, Um, and we just lost to the Pistons. So I don't, (laughs) you know. I don't want to say we've got it all figured out, Joe. Um, we're nine and thirteen, so. But I think by the time uh, you listen to this, we're we're probably ten and or probably eleven and thirteen or something like that. Great. Well, this is what I'm saying to myself today, and then if it gets worse, then uh, no, we no, I them. I believe that we will dig ourselves out of this. Like I said, this is, we're coming up to an easy stretch. I think we're starting to play really well. Ten games ago. We were the 27th, 28th defense in the league, and now we're the 15th, which means mm-hmm. we're playing top five defense in the league right now to get that number up. So, And when you look at a game like Chicago where we put the offense and the defense in the same game, we're pretty much unstoppable. So just got to figure out how to do that every night. Great. I think we're – I feel like we're on the cusp. Hey, you build towards that, right? That's what's coach building towards. We're turning the corner, right? Uh, I think this week is a, is, a, is a turning the corner. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will admit that two weeks ago I thought we were turning the corner, and then we had one of the worst weeks I've ever seen of a basketball team player the team ever have. <laughs> We've been doing this show for how long? What, 35 years? Uh, I don't think I've ever. Seven years. I don't think I've ever seen uh, a week as bad as, as, as two weeks ago. But um, we're back, baby. We're back. <laughs> okay. It is hard to, it is like frustrating when it's like, you know, you finally 
like get the things done you gotta get done and you you sit down you're like you, the game's already started and you sit down you're like oh we're down by 25 yeah cool awesome well, and this is and it's detroit right exactly <laughs> like, uh, like did i miss something I, I didn't miss something why am i a fan of this team no no, no. we're always a fan of this team because they're good guys they're playing hard we got a good coach you know one of the things that uh harper and jason were saying i mean i think off air but i want to catch you up um mm-hmm. is that um they really don't like the rookie mm. they say eight track is a cool name but they think mm-hmm. he's a little bitch they said mm. that, yeah, yeah, and they said that Carlisle couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. Ooh, I haven't heard words like that in a while. I know, I know. I know. So, I just, I mean, hey, look, they're analysts. Um, I guess they have some some clout, but that's. I just want to catch you up on what's been being said behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean that uh, tracks like that's, you know, yeah, pretty standard language for those guys. So, <laughs> I don't know. all right, uh, welcome guess. back, boys. Come hurry back. <laughs> or I'll just continue to say what you said. I'm hoping, uh, hoping to get the band back together uh, this coming this coming week. We'll see. You know, I don't holidays. think we need. I don't think we need to do an undegoogable on that. Like that's pretty straightforward, right? You just get the band back together. Oh yeah, I took a. The band broke up, and then we got it back together. Yeah, pretty pretty literally. Except you know, it doesn't have to be a, an actual band, a band of people. Mm. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. Maybe we should undo Google it. No, no, not that. I think we're good. I think we. I think. I think it's pretty straightforward. And the thing is, for something like that, if we're wrong, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like unsettling. It's gonna be something really <laughs> sad. <laughs> A lot of, yeah, yeah. We 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 most of the 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 uh, turns of phrase end up being about human torture. Yeah, no, it's uh, even the ones, especially the ones you don't think, and then all of a right. sudden you're like, "Oh, I get it. That's not that's messed up. Why <laughs> why are humans so terrible?" I'm sorry that Google is 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 uh, turning you into a cynic. Yeah, not turning. <laughs> reaffirming. Reaffirming. Yeah. Reaffirming cynicism, yeah, probably the name of the show. Yeah. No. After okay, we no. after after we had a pretty positive a conversation. really positive conversation. Yeah. yeah. All right, John. I think I feel good about where uh, where you left me here, um, which is not a phrase I say often, but um, <laughs> but I think uh, I think usually I leave you uh, crying in the corner. Yeah. No, yeah. I I feel like I have a better understanding of where the team is and and um you know sort of tracks the stuff that i had the stuff that i have seen um so i am cautiously optimistic for for the, the rest of the season so you know how many times if if i say four or five times out loud during a game that was really good defense mm. That's what I've been doing lately with this okay. team. I'm not saying they do it every time down, but like, right? It, it is making me exclaim that multiple times a game. Whereas, um, I don't even think that uh, defense was a word used in the locker room last year. So, 
No, no, no. It was uh, Miles, Miles Turner used it. He said, I'd like to be DPOY. Can you guys help me? Can you just funnel everyone to me because you don't play defense? Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, sad shout out. Um, he's, uh, his uh, block streak ended. Oh, uh, no. On Sunday night. He didn't get a block against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, no. I guess, like, I don't... Those are nice, but I mean... I mean, he's still he's, leading the league in blocks. Right. I don't um, feel that bad about the that. The team so. is still leading the league in um, passes at home. Sure. <laughs> Shout out to Bally's, which found a way to fill their uh, their scroller in the bottom corner. Bally right. is just putting out a bunch of weird stats on the on the line, which I suppose is better than, you know, I think Jason was saying this is better than, like, a bunch of college football uh, scores that he doesn't sure. care about. Yeah, I would rather have these weirdo these, stats. These really like niche corner stats uh, <laughs> that you're like, oh, I guess that's good. I don't know. Yeah, like Pacers have the number, the the most passes at home as a team in the NBA right, right now. Sure, per game. Yeah, and the most. I don't touches. think it's per. I don't think it's per game. No, I thought. I think it's overall. I mean, I thought, I thought, no, it was. It was. It was the most per game. Oh, okay. it was like, which is gonna be what well, it's gonna be the same thing at the end of the year, regardless. But I mean, sometimes uh, you have more blocks than you do have blocks per game. But whatever. Oh, but that's because you could play different games. You're right. You're right. Right. When everybody plays all the 82, then it's the same. But right. um, we are uh, also yeah. Number one uh, in touches. Yeah. What the hell does that mean, Joe? Uh, I think what it means we're moving the ball. Okay. But only at home. But only at home. And but we've been playing well at home. So Right, we have. Which is what we should do, which is what Indiana basketball is about. Welcome back, fans. Just a reminder, don't poke the bear. Don't poke that bear. Because you know what happens. We've seen it in the playoffs before. But it was like mm. the... Oh, it was Lance Stevenson. Who it He's was, blowing but, in his ear and stuff. Yeah. Then they, you know, took us to town. <laughs> It was really funny, though. Yeah. I mean, it was. Where is... Let's bring back Lance. He's uh, he's in the... Lancey Pants. I had a dream that he was playing... The other night, this is no joke, I had a dream that he was playing for the Pistons, and they had a uh, fan section for him already. And on the, the broadcast, I think it was a dream... On the broadcast, they were talking about how the Detroit fans uh, have really taken to him, and they know how to respect hard work. Um, that's why they love him so much. So wow, and wow, there, Joe. and there was uh, like artwork for his section with him, with like you know, a stylized Lance head, and that was that was all in my dream. Your obsession is deep. I <laughs> no. uh, So, but he was in. The, he was. He was in the uh, Denver uh, uh, farm team, right? Was that the, I? You're the the uh, the Lance no, follower. He was, he was playing in Grand Rapids. Who who is with the uh, the Nuggets? Is he still in the G League? <clears throat> Why is he not in the NBA? I mean, he's amazing. I don't know. I don't get it. 
call up Lance's agent right now and fire him. <laughs> and you become his agent right now. Uh, apparently, I would send him to Detroit, so that's not a good plan. <laughs> well, Detroit's trying to lose. That's why they wouldn't sign him. Because Lance equals winning. He's born ready. That's mm-hmm. all I can say. All right, John. I am in a good place, so I think we should uh, we should leave this conversation where it is, so I can um, sleep well tonight and not have yeah. nightmares about Lance going to your uh, a team you hate. Yeah, I'd like you know if if we could be surprised by like surprise like surprise uh, press release. Lance is back, and I'd be okay with that. And Sweet we, dreams, my friend. And I don't we have some like um, don't we have some rights to some players in the Euro League that like we're never going to do anything with? Uh, I think that used to be the case. I'm not sure we have any right now. All right. Anyway, make it happen. Um. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Uh, I'd like to thank the fans for listening uh, to this two-man performance. Um. I think that's I think that's too much. I think that's an unfair statement. Um. I, <laughs> so I'm sorry. I've got a lot of performance-enhancing drugs in me right now. Okay. Um. We're uh, on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Undebeatables, Facebook.com slash The Undebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can find us and uh, hit us up on email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. And uh, you can buy some things from us on the website slash store. For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always coach, Bobby Sicklinard. Turn out the lights, the party's over. It's a surprise ending. I like that. <laughs> I feel like I was in a car and someone just like slammed on the brakes when I wasn't looking, you know. That's how you ended your song. Yeah, that's how I end most of my sexual encounters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Turn it off. Yep. uh, Where's that stop button? It's next to the go all night button. Oh no, no. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just getting back into action. You gotta. I know, I know. Um, Shout out to your wife for uh, holding on to the cat and the baby at the same time. Yeah. Because I can't tell which one's which. I don't know who's crying. Yeah. It's a fun game. Cat or, Cat or baby. baby. Cat or baby. <laughs> Sign up now. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm going to go pro. <laughs> There's like, you hear it across the house sometimes. And I'm like, if that's a child, something is horribly wrong. And you're like, mm, I'm going to go look. I'm pretty sure it's a cat. I'm going to go look. Just to make sure. Yeah. Just to make sure I can be mad at the right, the right cat.